Amen. We're turning together in God's precious word for our scripture reading, and we're turning to the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation, and to the first chapter. The book of the Revelation and the chapter 1. We're going to commence at the first verse of the chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 1 and the verse 1, and that really gives us the true title of this last book in the Bible. Our Bibles would probably say that this is the revelation of John the Divine, but in actual fact, the last book in the Bible, as this opening line says, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let us hear God's word together. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna, and on to Pergamos, and on to Thyatira, and on to Sardis, and on to Philadelphia, and on to Laodicea. Amen. We land there at verse 11, 
And may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. As we take our seats, can we turn once again to the word of God and the portion of scripture we have read, Revelation and the chapter 1. Revelation, the chapter 1. And if you're looking at that portion of Scripture, I would draw your attention this morning to the words of verse 8. Revelation 1 and the verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And we entitled the message with the words of this verse, I am Alpha and Omega. Let's just unite our hearts together in prayer and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word. Our gracious and our loving Heavenly Father, we do praise thee that we have the word of God before us, that which is the sword of the Spirit, that which is the seed of the gospel. And we pray, O God, that thou wouldst take up thine own precious, thine own infallible word, and send it forth, O God, and bury it beyond the reach of the adversary, deep within hearts. And we pray that that good seed might take root downward into hearts, and may it bear fruit upward into lives. Hear us and abide with us now. Give us help from heaven, we pray, in the Savior's most worthy and precious name. Amen. Well, together we have considered some of those great I Am statements from the Lord Jesus Christ. We went through the Gospel of John, and we had in John's Gospel seven of those great declarations. The Lord said, I am the bread. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the vine. And some of those texts are displayed on the windows down each side of our church building. And I did notice as I viewed the windows that there was another I am statement from the Savior. And it's displayed over on my right-hand side on the second window, and it bears the text of Scripture that is before us here this morning. And that window was in memory of William and Mary Radcliffe. And so as we were looking at the I am's of the Savior, I felt that here was another one that I couldn't pass without considering together. And what a text of Scripture it is. What a claim it is by the Savior. What a declaration we have before us in Revelation 1 and the verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. This has become a recognized symbol of Christianity down through the generations of time. And we find it here in the book of the Revelation. And while we have been looking previously in the Gospel of John, we know that John himself 
wrote the book of the Revelation. This was the revelation that was given to him when he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And as he was there in the Isle of Patmos, it was the Lord's day, and John was found in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And the Lord was to appear to John and was to give to him this revelation. And it was a revelation of things to come. If you look at the opening words of the book, we have already indicated that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And so the book of the Revelation is speaking to us about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, but with special reference to the future. Now, in these opening words of the book, uh, John introduces himself, and he brings those opening salutations and those greetings to the seven churches in Asia. For example, there in verse 4, he says, John, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. And then when you come down to that eighth verse, it's the Lord himself who is introducing himself. And he says, I am Alpha and Omega. Most wonderful declaration from the lips of the Lord. Then this statement, he is identifying himself. He is revealing to us who he is. And therefore, I felt that our study on the I am's of Christ would not be complete without considering this one before us this morning. Firstly, we want to think about the title of the Lord here. I am Alpha and Omega. These two letters, Alpha and Omega, They are letters of the Greek alphabet. And of course, the New Testament scriptures were originally given in the Greek language. And so you have here Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and you have Omega, which is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. And the Lord is saying, I am Alpha and Omega. And this title of the Lord He claims four times in the book of the Revelation. You can see it here in verse 8, our text of Scripture. But we ended our reading at verse 11. And you may have noticed that this title is repeated. In verse 11, it's the Lord who's saying, I am Alpha and Omega. And if you were to go forward in the book of the Revelation to the chapter 21... And to the sixth verse, we read the words, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. And there's the third time in the book of the Revelation that that title is used. And then in the final chapter, chapter 22 of Revelation, and the verse 13, again we find this title, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. 
And so the Lord, through this final book in the Bible, is claiming this title no fewer than four times. Now, if the Lord had used this title of himself once, we would still say it is very worthy of our study. If the Lord used it just once in the Bible, it would be good for us to study that title. If it was used twice of the Lord, we would say, well, here's a title that the Lord is emphasizing in his word. He's repeating it in his word, but it's used four times. And therefore, you would have to appreciate something of the importance of this particular title. When the Lord says, I am Alpha and Omega, and he repeats it to us in his precious word four times. And if you're looking in Revelation 1 and the verse 8, when the Lord makes this claim and he declares himself to be Alpha and Omega, the verse goes on to give the interpretation of what it actually means when the Lord claims this title, I am Alpha and Omega. What he is saying, in fact, with this title is he's the beginning and the ending. And the one which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He's the beginning and the ending. In verse 11, another interpretation is given there when he's saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And so the Lord is referring to himself being the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, and therefore he takes the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet, and he's saying, I am Alpha and Omega. We were wanting to bring it into our own language. We would say he's the A to Z. He's the A to Z. And this title is underlining to us the comprehensiveness of our Lord and Savior. That the Lord himself is all-embracing. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. He is Alpha and Omega. And so this method of taking letters in order to convey a particular truth, that was also done in the Old Testament. This method of taking letters to convey that comprehensiveness and that all-embracing title. In the Old Testament, there's the word truth. And the word truth in the original language of the Old Testament, the Hebrew language, it's the word amet. And it has three principal letters. And its first letter is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, aleph. And the second letter is the middle letter of the Hebrew alphabet, mem. And the final letter is the final letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Ta. And so in the word truth, you have the first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter. And that was to be an indication, it was really a word picture. That whenever the Jew would have approached there the scriptures of the Old Testament, they would have realized that the truth 
is the comprehensive truth, and the truth is the all-embracing truth, and the Lord is truth. We have noticed that was one of his titles, I am the truth. And therefore we say the Lord is the A to Z of the truth. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. And the Lord is the beginning and the ending of the Scriptures. And he runs right through the Scriptures. He's the genesis to revelation of the Scriptures. You think of the law, and the Lord was the one who fulfilled the law. He's the beginning and the end of the law. And he's the beginning and the end of the truth. That was something already understood in the Jewish mind. And therefore, when the Lord was claiming to be Alpha and Omega, as our text of Scripture goes on to show, he's the one which is and which was and which is to come. And it doesn't matter whether you go back into eternity past or you go into eternity in the future or you think of all that goes in between. He's the one which is uh, present uh, and he's the past and he's the future, which is, which was, and which is to come. And so there never was a time when the Lord Jesus Christ did not exist. He's the Alpha and the Omega. There was a time when this earth did not exist. There was a time whenever this universe did not exist. And there'll be a time future when it will not exist. But there's never a time when the Lord Jesus Christ did not exist. And this title is teaching us that he is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. And whenever Moses was praying to the Lord with the words of the Psalm 90, it's the prayer of Moses, the man of God. And when he looked to the Lord, he realized that. As he addressed the Lord, he said, Thou art from everlasting. To everlasting. From everlasting and to everlasting. In other words, thou art Alpha and Omega. Thou art the beginning and the end. Thou art the first and the last. Thou art the one which is and which was and which is to come. What a title this is. The title of the Lord. But I want you to think secondly about this text of Scripture, we not only see the title of the Lord, but the truth of the Lord. It's teaching us here wonderful truths about the Lord. And we dig a little deeper and we find that in this title there's a wealth of truth. It's teaching us about the divinity of Christ. It's showing the Savior to be equal with the Father. You notice there when John, in verse 4 of her Bible reading, is referring to God the Father. And in that fourth verse, you will see the words, Grace unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. There's a reference there to the Trinity. 
to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And so in reference to the Father, John is using those words, which is, and which was, and which is to come. Then when you come to verse 8, in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's speaking there of the Savior, which is, and which was, and which is to come. And what is said of the Father is said of the Son. And therefore the Savior, by taking on this title, is showing us his divinity, that he is equal with the Father. And we can see that brought out even clearer from the Old Testament Scriptures. Take your Bible, if you will, and turn with me to Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 41. And some verses here in Isaiah that I want to bring to your attention. And they're referring to the Lord Jehovah. The Lord Jehovah. In Isaiah 41 and in the verse 4, it says, Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord. And that's the Lord Jehovah. I the Lord, the first And with the last, I am he. And there's Jehovah of the Old Testament saying, I the Lord, the first and the last. We look into Isaiah 44. And you look then at the sixth verse. And again with reference to Jehovah. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And there is Jehovah, there's the Lord God Almighty, and he is saying, I am the first and the last, and beside me there's no God, there's none else. Again in Isaiah 48, and you could look there to the 12th verse. And it says, Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. And you can see repeated there in the prophecy of Isaiah that the Lord Jehovah of the Old Testament is giving himself the title of the first and the last. And then you come with me to the New Testament and to the text of Scripture before us, yea, four times in the book of the Revelation. And the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. I am the first and the last. I am Jehovah. Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. Jesus Christ is God. And this title teaches us of the divinity of Christ. This title teaches us of the authority of Christ. Our text of Scripture, as it goes on to say at the end of the verse, the Almighty. And there's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's referring there to himself as the Almighty. He's the sovereign God. He's the one who could claim in John 10 and the verse 30, I and my Father are one. We're one. 
Matthew 28 and the verse 18, the Savior could say, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the ending. I'm the one which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. What a view we get here of the Savior. What a vision there is. What a revelation this is of Jesus Christ. Alpha and Omega. The divinity of Christ, the authority of Christ, then the infinity of Christ. He's limitless. The unmeasurable Savior the unchangeable Savior, the omnipresent Savior. And we've already said that he's from everlasting and to everlasting. He's the beginning and the ending. And therefore, there never was a time when the Savior was not. You could go there historically. You'd have to say he's Alpha. He's there at the beginning. You go to the history of this world and of this universe. And you go there to Genesis chapter 1 and you look at creation and the Lord Jesus Christ can say, I am Alpha, I was there. Without him was not anything made that was made. And it's by him that all things consist. And you could go back as far in history, right to creation itself. And the Lord will say, I am Alpha, I'm there. Prophetically, you could go forward and reach out into the future. And it's no mistake that this title four times over comes in the book of the Revelation, which is showing things that must shortly come to pass. It's showing here future events. There is something here of prophecy in relation to the end times. And you go right forward. And the Lord says, I am Omega. I'm there at the end. Whether you look at it historically or whether you look at it prophetically, the Lord says, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I'm there at the beginning of time and I'm there at the end of time and I'm there every point through time. Historically, prophetically, yea, we could say personally, we owe our very existence to the Lord. He's the beginning and the ending as far as our our own lives are concerned. We owe our salvation to the Lord. When Paul wrote to the Hebrews, he spoke of the Savior being the author and the finisher of our faith. And our salvation from beginning to end, we say, salvation is of the Lord. Personally, all the way through our Christian lives, Everything that you have to face by way of experience in your Christian life. And my, there can be many's a varied experience, and there can be many's a trial and a temptation and a twist and a turn along the way. But we have to say the Lord is the beginning and the end, and the Lord is the one who goes with us all the way. And even in our lives personally, he is the one who is fulfilling his purpose. And he is the one who is in control. 
you're here today and you would be going through a time of great difficulty, take this title to heart because what a truth it brings home to us. The Lord says, I am with you. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. And the Lord will never abandon you halfway through. The Lord will not fail you. The Lord will not forsake you. I am Alpha and Omega. And so there's this title of the Lord and the truth of the Lord, but just finally the triumph of the Lord. Because this title is given in the context and in the background of the second coming of the Savior. It's speaking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. And whenever the Apostle John begins to speak about that and record that here in the opening chapter of the book of the Revelation, it's not to be overlooked and it's not to be missed that it's at that point when John makes reference to the coming again of the Savior that the Lord says, I am Alpha and Omega. We have been underlining that he's Alpha because He's there at the beginning, the beginning of time, the beginning of history. And we have emphasized that he's there at the last. He's Omega. Whenever history and time comes to an end, the consummation of all things, the Savior is there. We were singing the words yesterday and today and forever. Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never glory to his name. And one day, the one who is Alpha and Omega, he's going to bring it all to a close. The end is going to come. And some details are given to us here of the Lord's return. Notice what it says in verse 7 of our Bible reading. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. And the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that we ought to study. It's something that we ought to consider often. What an encouragement and a blessing it is to our hearts. John says, Behold. You have to gaze upon this truth. And we see that the Lord is coming personally. Behold, he cometh. He's coming personally. In other words, he himself will be coming. He's not going to delegate this. He's not going to send another on his behalf. Behold, he cometh. That's emphasized by Paul when he wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4. And he said that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. The Lord himself. And when we refer to the second coming to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth, we say that he is coming personally. And verse 7 shows us that he's coming gloriously. Behold, he cometh with clouds. 
clouds. Clouds, among other things in the Bible, represent the glory of the Lord. An example of that would be in the Old Testament where the Lord appeared in the form of a cloud. And when Israel would have been in the wilderness, the Lord there was that pillar of cloud, that pillar of cloud that would lead the Israelites by day, what we can refer to as the Shekinah glory. And that glory, the Lord dwelling amongst his people, was in the form of a cloud. And when the Savior ascended from this earth, Acts chapter 1 gives us the detail of his ascension. Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. The cloud. What a glorious scene that must have been. And in verse 11, as the angels there spoke in Acts chapter 1, they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And so the promise there was that as the Lord has ascended up into heaven, so he's going to come again. And as Acts 1 and 9 tells us of the detail there, a cloud received him out of their sight. And he's going to come in like manner. And Revelation 1 and the verse verse 7 tells us that, Behold, he cometh with clouds. The glory the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed in that great day. He'll come personally. He'll come gloriously. He'll come visibly. In verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Now, when the Lord returns and when the Lord breaks through the clouds in power and in great glory, every eye shall see him. My believer, do you look for and do you long for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you live in that expectancy that he will fulfill this wonderful promise and that one day he shall come again and we shall see him? We shall behold him. He's going to come in the clouds and every eye shall see him. The verse 7 says, even those also which pierced him. Those who put him to death, the Jews. And the references made there to the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ, to his suffering and to his death, to the shedding of his precious blood. But in that great day, there's a risen, exalted, there's a glorified Savior, and he's going to come, and every eye shall see him. And those also who pierced him. We say he's going to come powerfully. That's noted in verse 7 by the reaction to the Savior's coming. The end of the verse says, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. It's going to be a powerful day. When the Lord Jesus Christ returns, the believer, it's a day of rejoicing. 
It's a day of triumph. It's a day of great victory when we will enter into the fullness of our Savior's victory. But for the unbeliever, it tells us here in verse 7, they shall wail because of him. That day that they were not expecting that day that they were not anticipating, that day that they were not prepared for, they're going to wheel. The word wheel refers to extreme sorrow. But it's also a word that is translated in the Bible to cut down. And you would find that in Matthew 21 and the verse 8 when they cut down branches to lay out before the Savior as he rode into Jerusalem upon a colt. And so it seems a bit strange that the same original word uh, can mean to wheel extreme sorrow and can mean to cut down as in a branch. But you can bring those two meanings together. And what it speaks about, it's describing a state where one is cut down with such sorrow that they're wailing and they fall down in extreme sorrow. There's the unbeliever. There's the unprepared soul. There's the unconverted heart. That great day when the Lord comes. They're going to be cut down and they will fall down with extreme sorrow. They shall wail because of him. The terror of the Lord is going to grip their heart and they will fall down in fear at the sight of the Savior. What a powerful day that's going to be. Just at the close of our meeting, I have to ask you in that day of Alpha and Omega, what will that day hold for you? Will it be a day of great triumph? Or will it be a day of terror? Will it be a day of rejoicing? Or will it be a day of wailing? You make sure today that you're prepared and you're ready for that day because that day is fast approaching. Be ready to meet the Lord, the one who has said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. I'm the first and the last. I'm the one which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. May we all be ready to meet the Lord.